Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Another episode of the Sports Ethos Bulls coverage. I am your host with the most hostess with the mostest, Keith Cork. Uh, here joined by my good buddy and co-host Trey Hill. Uh, and we're gonna recap here the uh, Bulls victory over the Orlando Magic 102 to 98. Uh, it was a closer game than it probably should have been, Trey, but the uh, Bulls did pull it out. Kind of a kind of a bore fest, but uh, the good news is. Both the Bucks and the Nets lost yesterday, which puts us not only one game, but now two games in the first place, which feels pretty good, right? The, it just keeps on climbing. And speaking of keeps on climbing, if you go and you look at like the, the game recap of the Magic and Bulls, it also looks like a chart that just keeps on climbing together. The Bulls were just like a steady, you know, four to six points ahead the, the entire game. Um, they were up five at halftime. They were up four after the third quarter. It was just this the same steady game, and they just refused to go away, led by Rookie of the Month, Franz Wagner, uh, picked with yeah. the Bulls uh, draft pick last year. Yeah, yeah, that's a, and we, we mentioned it before on our previous show, but that is a, a good pick for them. It turned out to be a great pick. Uh, you know, getting to watch this guy a little bit during this game. Um, yeah, he, he's got the goods, man. He definitely is a solid player. Uh, I'd like to see, you know, how again how he performs on a good team. Uh, the Magic are not a good team. I think they have uh, what seven wins on the season or something like that. So, uh, not necessarily the the team that um, you know the Bulls need to worry about in any sense of the word. Uh, Bulls definitely should have won this game. They won the, won this game and they did pull it out at the end. Uh, but it was a little little touch and go there. Uh, obviously, in the first quarter. The Magic jumped out to a pretty sizable lead. Uh, Bulls just struggled to to hit shots, right? Yeah, they were getting good looks, good open looks, and they just weren't knocking down shots. Franz uh, earned his Rookie of the Month award partially in that first quarter against the Bulls, just completely abusing the the smaller Bulls interior, you know, besides Vucevic. And other than... Other than not knocking down shots, it seemed like the bull. It seemed like the Bulls were the bet, the more talented team going against a bunch of you know hung, hungry, frisky Magic players who were getting all the right bounces. Um, you know, a year ago, two years ago, the Magic win this game, mm-hmm. and you know we're left feeling frustrated that we were the more talented team, but we weren't able to pull it out. Yeah. But the defense, the the defensive effort, I think, really showed through. The Bulls, uh, they held the Magic to 40 first half points. That was the season low overall uh, for them. So that was the best they've done the entire year. And I think that really showed through when you watch the game. That even though the shots weren't falling and the Magic were able to get out and run a little bit, the the Bulls were putting in the effort to get back. And it it was it, that was good to see. It was a, I had a little bit of worry going into this game because it was kind of a um, 
a danger here of a, of a look ahead type game because the Bulls have a long uh, rest period here. Now I think it's four days in between uh, this game that they won against the Magic and their next game. <clears throat> which is coming up. So, you know, it's a little bit of a worry here that the Bulls are just going to kind of look past the Magic here. It's not a, a, a team that you necessarily get up to play. Uh, and I think that did happen a little bit in the first quarter, the first couple quarters. Um, but like you said, the Bulls just ha- kind of have the talent. I was never really worried about them winning this game. They just had the talent to really uh, catch up, right? Yeah, they. you never were, you never were really concerned. Uh, it was really weird watching DeMar miss as many free throws as he did, though. He was 7 of 13 from the free throw line, and he'd been almost a 90% free throw shooter before this. And it got a little tight there towards the end. But Vucevic had a double-double again, 17 rebounds tonight. Um, I think he had a double-double in the third quarter. Uh, like. I wrote down, I think they said it's his fifth, his sixth straight game with 12 points and 12 rebounds, um, averaging 16 rebounds over his last five. So your yeah. New Year's resolution continues to uh, bear fruit. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about that. So, yeah, Vooch ended up with that double-double, which, um, you know, definitely helped us out. And, of course, Kobe also came through, I believe, on his end. Let me just double-check here from three. Uh, how Two we of shot. five, so 40%. Yep. So he hit it, and the Bulls won. So there you go. Both of my uh, New Year's resolutions for both those players came through. They've been uh, absolutely great to start the 2022. Both those players, I can't give them enough <clears throat> credit because I have been crit- critical of them in the past, obviously. So uh, when they're playing well, they deserve uh, you know some credit here. And I apologize. I got a little frog in my throat here. So clearing my throat intermittently or drinking lots of water. Felt a little bit under the weather today, but uh, I'll, I'll power through here. But no, obviously, we got Lonzo ba- Ball back for this one. Uh, and he just had an immediate impact, even though he didn't shoot the ball particularly well. He actually used like what one for seven, I think, from from distance. Uh, yeah, one for seven from distance, yeah. one for eight overall. Um, you know, didn't didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but he had an immediate impact. I was watching him, especially when he got the rebound and uh, just what he would do off of that. But he, you know, full court pass immediately, 730 left in the first quarter. He hit Zach Levine on a nice drive for a Zach Levine dunk to get Zach going. Uh, there was a time at some point uh, around nine minutes left in the second, he grabs a board and immediately presses the ball to the floor. It was like a split second, man. And the ball is basically a half court. And actually about a minute later in the game, uh, in that second quarter, Io had the same thing. He had a, a rebound pretty much in the same spot that Lonzo Ball had added in. And just watching Io advance the ball up, you know, up to half court as, as opposed to watching Lonzo advance the ball, it was kind of like Io was almost like stuck in mud. Like it just seemed so much slower, which is really – and, and Io's not slow. Like Io's assume was not slow. Um, but Lonzo Ball is just so incredibly fast with the way that he just presses the ball up the floor and gets us, you know, into the offense from our defense – uh, or from a rebound. It's just it's just impressive, and it's nice to see that back. He's like a uh, a computer with a lot of RAM. He just processes so quickly. It's as soon as he gets the ball, he knows. Oh, Zach was already leaking out. I need to look ahead. And he, if you notice, when he gets the ball, he almost always goes into his like passing motion, like a full court pass, because mm-hmm. he's always looking. And you know, if he if he doesn't see anyone, he just pulls it back. You mentioned he threw uh, a full-court pass to Zach for a dunk early in the first quarter. I'd written that one down because the Bulls were settling for a lot of open jump shots, and they just the shots weren't falling. And that that fast-break opportunity and that dunk kind of ignited the Bulls' offense, and that kind of kick-started it a little bit because the Bulls uh, fell down 8 or 0-8 to eight against the Magic. And how you let the Magic get out to an 8-0 run on you to start the game when they're the team playing on the second night of a back-to-back, that that's a rough look. But 
Lonzo was able to help spark the team out of that. And you you mentioned he didn't shoot the ball well, but he had a great Lonzo line other than that. Seven assists, seven rebounds, three steals. Uh, and I love what you mentioned there about just as soon as he gets the rebound, he's looking up the floor and he's looking for that pass. He knows where his guys are going to be because I actually marked that down too. If you guys have league pass out there or some way to watch the game again, go to about a minute 20 left in the third. Uh, Lonzo grabs a rebound and immediately sees his, his eyes up the floor. And he's already, like you said, he's already in his passing motion before his eyes even reach up the floor. He's already looking for that pass. He already knows his guys are going to be streaking at that point in, the, in, in that rebound. It doesn't wind up with a pass. I mean, there's no one down the floor to pass it to, but he's looking, like you said, every single time he gets the ball, uh, he's he's ready to go initiate the offense. And I just, I love to see it, especially from a point guard. Uh, I just think it's a huge, huge boon to have him back without him. Uh, Bulls have managed to, to, you know, play pretty good basketball and, and win some games here. They just have enough talent, but um, he's going to be a difference maker when it comes time, you know, playoff time and, and playing against teams that are actually uh, pretty good. It's going to be really great to have him running the point guard. But uh, you are listening, guys, to the Sports Ethos uh, podcast here, uh, Bulls coverage. Listeners, please take a moment here to follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition, provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Go follow it now, guys. Uh, okay, what else did you notice there, Trey? I noticed that uh, the last few games, it seemed like when DeMar was running the second unit, we were kind of asking him to score with not a lot of help around him. And having Lonzo in with that second unit with DeMar really helped him flourish, I feel like, I felt like, especially in the first half. And that's going to be huge for this Bulls team because Caruso is great when he gets back, but he's not, he's not a playmaker. So I feel like DeMar having Lonzo with that release valve to where he can, you know, Lonzo can catch the ball. And he, like I said earlier, he's a, he already knows where everyone is. So he can immediately make, you know, that bullet pass to the corner, you know, that rotation pass or fire it down into Vooch because he's got the mismatch because he set a screen for DeMar on the pick and roll on the other side of the floor. You know, Lonzo just makes the right play every time. And it's, it's just nice to have him back. Yeah, absolutely. And since we're out just, you know, giving Alonzo's flowers, I just want to talk about his defense quickly here. Um, you know, especially in that third quarter, he had a, a series of plays, maybe within about a three minute stretch where he had a, a steal on a block. Um, but just even if he's not producing those kind of stats, um, you know, obviously he's just his activity on defense is just what you expect from him. Um, and, we, and, you know, obviously, I, th- I think the Bulls probably dropped this game without him. You know, I think that it's just a close enough game. It's a game where you feel like it's it could be a letdown game and, and the Bulls didn't come out with a lot of energy to open the game. So um, I just feel like this is a game where, uh, you know, again, even though Lonzo didn't have a great shooting night, uh, it's a game where the Bulls probably dropped this dropped this game without him. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think that's a very fair assessment of the game, especially with the size he was able to add. They they threw him on Franz there quite a few times, trying to slow him down a little bit. And he was, a, you know, Lonzo still gave up a few buckets because he just didn't quite have the size, but he was able to play really good defense on a guy that was a lot bigger than him. So he he came through and was able to give the Bulls exactly what they needed to get the victory, which is that's just kind of the theme for the Bulls this this season. The team's willing to sacrifice, do what they need to do just so that way they come out with the win. Yep. And even if he's not eating those shots, I mean, just the fact that he spaces the floor, he's a threat from that distance. It still helps a lot. Uh, and like you said, Franz Wagner, don't don't want to you know bury this guy. Got to give him his flowers. He had a fantastic game. He's playing really well for this Orlando Magic team. Totally deserves Rookie of the Month. Uh, so glad he got that. 
Uh, 28 minutes, he had 22 points on 8 of 13 shooting, 1 of 2 from beyond the arc, 5 of 5 from the line, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. That 1 steal is something I actually noted down, Trey, because he um, <clears throat> he had some pretty good defensive possessions, especially against DeMar DeRozan. Uh, but he had a, a steal, I think, about 5 minutes left in the third, uh, where he just like st- or, uh, stole the ball from, from DeMar and, uh, you know, ended up uh, rallying again the, the Orlando Magic. So, um Oh, I'm sorry. No, it was five minutes left in the second quarter. He had that steal from DeMar. That was his one steal for the game. Uh, just ripped it from him. Had got good defense. So, uh, again, just a guy. He's just solid on both ends. So, I uh, definitely think he deserved that Rookie of the Month uh, award. Just just as DeMar deserves the Player of the Month award he received. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Eastern Conference Player of the Month, uh, DeMar DeRozan. So, he can't, uh, can't sell that guy short either. Uh, let, me, let me mention Troy, Troy Brown Jr. He... Uh, is a guy I'm, I'm going to talk about him in a little bit here about a question I have for you, Trey, about a potential trade scenario. Uh, so he's a guy I think that's kind of expendable for the Bulls at the end of the day. But he had a really good game in this one uh, and obviously had a few really athletic plays. He's flashed some athleticism in his career. I remember watching him with the Washington Wizards. He had some really nice games. Um, you know, he can play the point guard position or he can play the small forward position. So has a lot of versatility. Uh, defense is pretty, gr- pretty good for, for what he brings. And then obviously uh, offensively, he's kind of hit or miss, but he had a pretty good game in this one. Um, but he, I thought, you know, especially in the first quarter, in the first half, he had a lot of really positive activity uh, for the Bulls and was getting, you know, making the right pass, getting to the right areas of the floor. Yeah, I think if he continued, uh, his cutting was really what uh, I remember noticing against the Magic was he was able to, uh, when his man would help off, he was making the Magic defenders pay. So I would, I, to me, I'm more, I don't know how much value he's going to have. Um, do you think Javante Green would have more value in a, in a potential trade you're talking about? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Trey Brown Jr. actually probably has a little bit more value just because of his age. I think he's he's what, 22, 23, 24, somewhere in Is that. He, OK. Yeah. Somewhere in that age range. Um, let me just look it up real quick. Yeah, he's <clears> 22. 22. Yeah. So I was going to say he's pretty young there. Um, so I think that's really the only reason because uh, Javante is what, 28, I think. 27 something like that um so i think just the fact that he's younger uh, gives him a slight edge 28 is what javante is um so he's yeah, a little thinking, younger there yeah, yeah for some reason i was thinking they were a little bit closer in age so yeah never yeah i think troy brown has i think he'd be a good trade bait piece mm-hmm. i think he'd be uh especially if you don't want to move kobe the, the the question is though if that's if you're trying to offer him as your best piece what really are you going to get back in return so I'm doing a little bit of a, a trade deadline a mock, basically a mock trade deadline here with Stephen Bagel, our friend over from the uh, NBA Eagle podcast, as well as the Bird Rights podcast, which you all should follow, one of the Sports Ethos pods. Uh, and I'm in a little chat there, and I'm running the Bulls, and uh, I'm getting involved potentially here in a three-team trade that would net us uh, Marcus Morris Sr., so we get Marcus Moore Sr., uh, we give up Troy Brown Jr., uh, Derek Jones Jr., and a future second. What do you feel? How do you feel about that trade? Say it again. We would get Marcus Morris Senior, which I think is a good get for us. Okay, I think he's which a good, team? Which team? Which team is the, are you? I'm the Bulls. I'm the Bulls. Okay. So I'm giving up. Um, I, it's a three-team trade. I don't know exactly what the whole trade looks like. All I know from my end is that I would be getting Marcus Morris Senior, and I'm giving up Derek Jones Jr., Derek Jones Jr., Troy Brown Jr., and a future second-round pick. Oh, 
I'm just not a big Morris guy. Mm. I, I know think you're. We've got, I yeah, think go we have enough shooters um, on our team that I don't. I don't. I don't know though. He could. He could guard some of those bigger guys. Like he could yeah, guard Giannis got, a little bit. That's my thing. Is that he's All kind right, of. Sell me, sell me on Marcus Morris. Sell me on. So, sell me on. Yeah. So so basically, I see Marcus Morris uh, Senior as you know he's basically Derek Jones Junior, but he well. He's not as good. He's a little bit different for Derek. He he obviously he's a better scorer than Derek Jones Jr. So he's a better shooter, better scorer. Um, but I think that he can play defense one through four. Whereas you know, and I think Derek Derek Jones Jr. can do that too. But he brings better offense. So I think he's just a slight upgrade over Derek Jones Jr. And I think that's the kind of guy that we're looking for uh, on the low end. Obviously, like if you if you I know there's a lot of talk out there about landing you know Jerry and Grant which I think is uh, a bit of a pipe dream. I think it'd be nice if we can do it. I think it's going to be hard for us to be able to do that, though, especially with the salary. So, you know, if you're looking for somebody that fits more in the salary cap um, scenario, I think Marcus Morris Sr. is kind of a guy uh, that's a prototype for the guy that we're looking for. Uh, and I think his defense, you know, don't undersell his defense. I think his defense is really solid. Uh, you know, I've been watching him a little bit with the uh, with the. Los Angeles Clippers, and I think he's fit, filled in pretty well for that Kawhi Leonard role uh, in being a two-way player. Now, I know you you said they both basically can guard one through four. However, I feel like we've had Derek Jones Jr. play the small ball five role uh, mm. some minutes this season. Do you think that's a role that Marcus Morris could play given, you know, the surrounding cast that he would have on the Bulls? Because we, we are a pretty versatile team. Mm. I so, think you still need like to. That, I guess that would be my question. I think I, I don't think you're going to I don't think we're looking at one move for the Bulls here. I think we're looking at a few moves, especially if they get somebody that's a lower end guy like Marcus Morris. I think they need to um, upgrade Tony Bradley Jr. or Tony Bradley. I'm not um, I like Tony Bradley. I just don't think he's he's not the guy. I don't think he's the guy for this team. I think he deserves to go to a team and get minutes uh, and be a backup center. I think he's a very solid backup center. Uh, I think the Bulls need to go out and get somebody that's more of a, you know, more of a force, I think, in the paint. You know, someone like a, uh, I know it's not this guy, but someone like a Hassan Whiteside, um, someone who's going to give you 15 minutes and just be a brutal rim protector. Um, I would love for them to go get like Nas Reed, obviously, but that's not going to happen. Just someone like that. Um, you know, I, I, I think the Bulls are really going to be in the market to to buy on a guy like that. Hopefully, a young guy too. I just don't think Tony Bradley's the answer. That's fair. Um... I just if they make multiple moves, I, I agree with that. I think he's I think he's fine as a backup big and to have like kind of as a secondary big because he is a large human and with teams like Cleveland and Milwaukee, especially if uh Lopez, you know, ends up coming back, sometimes you just need to have that size out there to get some rebounds, you know, if things are kind of steering one way. So I would love a Robin Lopez return. Can I just say that? <laughs> Can we get yes. Robin Lopez oh, back look, on the team? <laughs> that would that would be nice. Yes. Um, he was pretty Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I'm with you. If if they can make a couple moves and upgrade that Tony Bradley position and also get a guy that they think can guard those bigger fours, mm-hmm. then I think that that's an an A plus trade deadline for the front office. But we are talking about the future here. And actually, just to get back to the, the Magic game here, um, you know, near the end of the first quarter, I, I felt like I was – and there were a few instances in this game where I just felt like I was watching the future of the Bulls and it looked really bright. Uh, specifically near the end of that first quarter, you know, um, 
Troy Brown Jr. gets a big block. Kobe White with the steal and a pass ahead to, to Sunmu. Kobe White with the land to finish the quarter through contact. Uh, he had a few lands like that. Just the young kids came out and gave us great energy at times. So um, it, I know sometimes when you're after a game like this, it's hard to sell some of the fans sometimes on, on trading some of these young players. But, you know, like like we've been saying, I mean, the Bulls have a bit of a window here uh, where they're looking like a very good team. And, uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic aren't going to be around forever. So uh, you have to kind of cash in on some of those good young players at this point. So, you know, I'm looking at some of those guys as potential trade bait, even though it's going to hurt me to, to get rid of them, right? <laughs> right, and especially with us not having first-round picks that we can trade in the future, we're going to have to bite the bullet and trade some actual people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not just assets. They are people. It will be unfortunate to lose them. But – I trust in AK and Mark Eversley in the front office. They they have good connections. They've ma- they've made smart decisions so far, and I expect them to find you know some great value because uh, Vucevic was a great trade. Uh, we got Javante Green, we got Troy Brown Jr., we got Daniel Tice. Like those were all really quality players for the Bulls, and I, I expect nothing less than you know more excellence from this regime. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Bulls, you know, obviously they closed that gap quickly after that initial run by the uh, Magic with some threes from from Derrick Jones Jr., Troy Brown Jr. So some unlikely heroes, some guys stepping up. Um, you know, Kobe just, again, his activity on defense was great. Uh, I know Billy Donovan re- mentioned it recently that that's what he was looking for was just his his defense. So I uh, thought he played a, played a pretty, pretty good game on that side of the ball, too, this time. What do you what do you think? Yeah, I had two plays in the first quarter. Uh, 4.25 left in the first and 2.50 left in the first. He just had some excellent defensive plays, just staying in front of his guy, challenging the shot. Um, the one at 2.50, I think he got switched onto a big and just, you know, forced the guy into a tough layup, and he missed the layup. You know, that's yeah. two points that the Bulls, you know, got back because Kobe was aggressive on defense. And he, I think he's just – they mentioned it on the broadcast a lot. He's playing with a lot of confidence. He seems to kind of – He's fit into his role, and it's it's really nice. You know, I, I, I say that every podcast. You know, I say this every podcast. It's nice to see, but he just yeah. continues to improve and he continues to look comfortable. And it's it's going to be what the Bulls need come playoff time. Yeah. So um, you know, good good games from Kobe. Um, if you're out there playing fantasy, he might be a good scoop up here. If you're a team that's in need of points, he's really good in a points league because uh, you can get hot in a hurry, especially if you're like games captain. You think he's going to have a, a big game, you can play him. But uh, speaking of fantasy guys, we do have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at ThriveFantasy.com. Use code Ethos when you sign up to get 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to. Play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team, which includes me, or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at five thrive fantasy.com. Uh yeah, Thrive Fantasy is a lot of fun, man. Been uh, been playing and, and uh, messing around a little bit over there. Um good stuff, good competition, uh fun. I, I just love you know. I love to do this stuff for fun. I'm not like uh, looking to make a living off of it, but uh, it, it's good. T- it's good times. So um, it makes it a little more exciting. Yeah. So uh, speaking of a little more exciting, that the, the Orlando Magic made the end of this game a little bit more exciting than it should have been. Uh, 
I want to talk about Zach Levine for a minute here. Zach, uh, I specifically want to talk about how frustrated he was getting with the referees towards the end of this game. Um, he was taking a bit of contact. I think he got a little bit maybe too wrapped up in it. Um, but he was really riding that one ref. I, I don't know his name. Uh, but he, I, I specifically, he made a bank shot with about 345 left in the fourth. And he got fouled, but he didn't get the call. And uh, there was a traveling call a little bit earlier in that quarter uh, where he got bumped again and didn't get a call. And they called traveling on him. So uh, is Zach, you know, is he making too much of an issue out of this? Is he getting too wrapped up in the refing, or, or what are your feelings there? I mean, I also had to calm him down the other game. Uh, what was that, the last game before yeah. this one, I believe? Uh, yeah. I think a lot of guys are getting frustrated because, you know, they're getting hit and they're expecting to get calls like they have in previous years, and they're just not calling it anymore. And it's taken some adjustment to get used to, and some guys are probably just getting fr- frustrated because I don't feel like Zach's changed the way he's played. I think he's still kind of playing the same, you know, aggressive style. He's just, like everyone else, not getting as many calls as he's used to. So... You know, I'm not going to say he's making too much of it. If I was getting hit and I was getting fouled, I would, you know, I would also want those calls to come up. But I hope come playoff time, it's not something that we have to have, you know, I or someone else, you know, yelling for him to, you know, come running back or hold DeMar back, you know, from whenever he was, you know, almost walking over to the referee. So it is what it is. I'm not I'm not overly worried about it. Yeah, no, it's a that's a good point. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not super concerned about it, but uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you just got to play basketball, man. It's um, he did get fouled, uh, you know, based on any even this year or last year, uh, you know, any any kind of marker you're going to use. Uh, he definitely got fouled. Uh, so he had a he had a right to complain, but he wasn't doing it. He's just so animated. I was worried that he was going to get a technical in a game that was close. Uh, you know, obviously we won by four points, um, and we'll talk about how that happened in the in a minute here. But uh, it's just it, it's really costly to get a technical foul and to give up three points in a scenario like that. And Zach needs to keep his cool, so I would implore Zach to do that. But I think he did a pretty decent job of it. Uh, but there were a few times he got a little bit too animated, in my opinion. Animated and. I don't know if the listeners have ever listened to Zach talk, but his voice is so deep that like if, <laughs> he if he's saying something angry to me, mm. like I, I'm going to be a little intimidated by it. He's just a, a very, a very deep voiced man. <laughs> and so I wouldn't want him yelling at me if I was a referee. I had that problem when I was like in sixth grade. Cause I, I like my, my voice dropped. I was tall. My voice dropped. Like I was, you know, a little bit intimidating to like some of these sixth grade teachers. And so, uh, yeah, they would always, oh, take you were a big man on campus. Weren't I you? was, I was, yeah, I was center until, uh, like high school that I didn't have to play point guard, which I, you know, I was like, wait, I have to handle the rock now. This makes no sense. I want to bang in the post. So, uh, it was a bit of a, a, a interesting journey for me, but, uh, no, I, I hear what you're saying. That's an interesting point about his, uh, voice. I, I didn't even think about that, but that is true. If you have like a deep voice and, uh, you can come off as a little bit more intimidating than you mean to. So, uh, but no, the Bulls, obviously, uh, you know, the Magic were making that comeback. Vooch, I thought, had a huge tap out with about 2.30 left. Um, you know, say what you will about that Wendell Carter trade. I think Wendell's having a fantastic year, um, going to be a good player in the in the league, going to be a nice role player. But the Bulls definitely won that in terms of a basketball standpoint, don't you think? I think, so if, if I'm the Magic, I can, if I'm a Magic fan, I can also frame it as if 
we won the trade because mm-hmm. they were able to get Wendell Carter Jr. And Franz is going to be, I think he's going to be a star. Maybe not like a superstar, maybe not quite an all-star, but like I think he's going to be a star. I think he could be a very good player on a championship contending team. I think he's that good of a player. And the reason the Magic were able to do that is because the Bulls uh, had such a rough time after the Vucevic trade last season. If things had went according to plan for Vucevic, you know, for AK and company, and Vucevic and Zach had gotten to play together, and they would have, you know, made it into the plan because this team clearly had the talent to get into the play-in if they were able to play together, even without the additions, just with Zach and Vooch, I think it's clear that they would have been able to make the play-in. So if they make the play-in and the Magic are picking, you know, 10, 11, 12, and they get somebody who's in the G League right now, you know, like James Bugnight or however you say his last name on the Hornets, mm. then it's not such it's not such a win because it went so you know because it was worst case scenario for the Bulls, the Magic lucked into getting that better draft pick from us. So to me, it's a win win for both teams. But I think the Bulls won the trade because yeah. even though it was worst case scenario for the Bulls, it's still a win for the Bulls. Yeah. No, I, I think um, – and I think you're saying it just in different terms than what I'm saying. So basically the way I would say it, and this is just, I think, terminology, but the Bulls won in a basketball sense, the Magic won in a overall GM sense, right? Like they like they improved their position, I think. The Bulls didn't necessarily improve their position in terms of like amassing assets, but they won in, in the terms of winning basketball games, which is what is important to them. Yeah. Right now. So, so like you said, both teams won – uh, the trade, I think it was a good trade for both teams. Um, but I think the Bulls, in my, it, it, from my terminology, won in the basketball sense. And uh, like I said, Vooch had that big tap out with 2.30 left, which really uh, went a long way towards winning this game because then the Bulls could run a little bit more clock. They were up eight with a, about a minute 30 left, and you just had that feeling like everything was in hand, everything was well in hand, and we were just going to take this game. But the Magic made a run. Uh, Kobe hit a jump with 50 seconds left. They were still up eight. You know, you're like, okay, this is this is it, this is it. And then the Magic could steal on Levine. Uh, then we had a bit of a shaky uh, play with Kobe, nearly throwing the ball away. DeMar missed, uh, you know, a free throw at the end there. Uh, missed a couple free throws down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, and then they fouled Wagner on that three and all of a sudden it's a two point game or a four point game. I can't remember what it was with like, you know, 30 seconds left. So, uh, it ended up being a lot closer than it had to be. Right. Yeah. We definitely had to sweat it out and it was nice to see them be able to, you know, at least close it out in the end, even though it was closer than you want it to be. You like the guys getting those reps on, you know, tense free throw situations because you're going to have close games the further you get. And so, Having been in that situation, that's never that's not a bad thing, especially when you come through. So you have that that po- you know that positive you know memory of hey I've been here we've won this you know we've done this before. And how did you feel about that flagrant foul at the end of the game? I think it was R.J. Hampton uh, just kind of you know ripped Lamar's head off his neck uh, under the basket. It was, it, it was it was a bit excessive I, I felt like, but it wasn't. I didn't think there was a malicious intent there, right? Oh, no, no intent at all. I feel like he was definitely told if they go up to shoot it, you make sure it doesn't go in. Exactly. And he just happened. Yeah, we've all done that. We've all been there. We've all done that. And he just happened to catch him in the head, which that makes it a flagrant. Like those are the rules. You know, that's the risk. And that's the risk you play. You know, that's the risk you have when you do when you swing that wildly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you said, he was just trying to prevent a basket. You know, like you, like I said, we've all been in that scenario, especially, you know, 
in high school, I remember, you know, I was basically, I wouldn't call myself an enforcer, but I was a good defensive player. That was, that's what kept me on the floor. And uh, there were times where, you know, a guy's six, three, six, four, and I'm five, eight. And so that's what I need to do to make sure that basket doesn't go in. And uh, it just happened to be, he got him around the neck. Uh, you know, I think there was no, no bad, no bad blood there. Uh, DeMar definitely got up and said, you know, no, no big deal. Uh, and, and everything was all good. But uh, like you said, it was definitely a flagrant just by the rules. So uh, they called it and we move on with our lives. Uh, but hey, one last thing before we go, uh, Trey is, you know, DeRozan, obviously, like I said, missed those free throws uh, down the stretch there. And then he got up supposedly 250 free throws at the UC right after the game in full uniform. About 30 minutes after the game, he started shooting those supposedly. Uh, how do you feel about that? Is that just a uh, uh, what are your thoughts there? Cool story. <laughs> uh, I mean, good for him. I would have been frustrated, too. And as someone who who loves basketball, who, you know, it, it is, you know, being on the court, you know, I, I understand it can be kind of like a safe space, you know, like a peace of mind thing. So after having such a poor performance in front of so many people, I bet it would be cathartic to go out there and, you know, shoot to 200, 250 free throws, especially if you have guys that are just going to rebound the ball and hand it right back to you. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I believe it 100%. He's a 90% free throw shooter anyway. So, you know, it's not like he struggles to knock them down on a regular basis. So I think it's a cool story. I'm glad, you know, it's nice to see that he's dedicated. But we know he's dedicated. That's why he has the footwork he has. That's why he can do the things he does. That's why he's going to be on MVP ballots because, you know, yeah. that's, well, that's, that's who he is. Well, that's that's my you know I want uh, for me I wonder how much of that you know going out there is just um, is just show right I mean yeah he probably like you say is probably a cathartic thing for him but also he probably wanted to practice it you know it, there's a basketball reason for it too but I think uh, for me it probably comes down to you know he knows that he's in the MVP chatter now he knows that his teammates are watching um, so I wonder do if you, that's so, go ahead do you think they're gonna have a couple days off right now though. Because so so they this was a home game, and now they're off for four days before another home game against Washington. So I wonder if maybe you know they had the next day off, and he was like, "I want to get these shots up before I have my off day." Yeah, I mean, uh, but, I'm making excuses for him because he's well, my guy. Well, sure. I mean, I you know I, I bet this guy has a freaking home gym at home. Like he can go put up free throws anywhere. Uh, but he had cameras there and he had a media there. Uh, so that's why I'm thinking it's more for for show. And I'm not I'm not saying you know it's a bad thing that he did it or anything like that. I just think uh, like you said, cool story, bro. Uh, yeah, I mean that's awesome. You know wh- whatever. It's not that big of a deal. People are gonna make a bigger deal out of it uh, than it probably is. But uh, no, I'm glad he did it. Go Damar. I'm a big fan. I'm a homer. So at the end of the day, like you said, uh, yeah, go do it. Have a good time. But that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, quickly, before we sign off, we want to also remind you all to use coupon code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at MyBookie.ag. Use code HoopBall on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. But uh, we're going to be off here for a few days. I don't think we're going to put out a show, but we will put out one, obviously, for the recap of Friday's game uh, where they play the ma- play the um, Wizards. Uh, and then also we are going to uh, probably have another guest on here this upcoming weekend. We're going to work on getting a, a good one for you guys. But uh, that's it. That's going to do it for us. I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBPKeith. 
And Trey, where can the good people find you? Good people. <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> at Final Finally. All right, and follow the show, guys, at Hat Ethos Bulls. I'm going to go, like, down a bunch of tea and take a rest. But uh, go Bulls. Everyone, have a good day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.